Good morning, Clive. Top of the morning to you, Sakina, and to the rest of the listeners. It's been a nice bright day, isn't it, today? It certainly is. Now, uh, Clive, just uh, looking at the numbers, uh, U.S. data uh, seems to have come in, you know, uh, worse than expected and disappointing investors on that front. Asian markets seem to be struggling to keep up momentum in light of all of this. It's very difficult, Sakina, because we've been talking about it for the last couple of days. We've seen natural fact that the Asian markets have taken a dip a little bit uh, because of frustrating news that's coming out of Europe. Now the United States come out with this data, which is not necessarily great. Data yesterday, Sakina, did indicate that there's an uneven economic growth in the U.S. Uh, contrast to purchases previously owned homes um, um, rose less than forecast in, in September, showing that housing will take time uh, to gain momentum. Remember that the reason we went into that plummet that we saw in 2008, part, part of the reason was the housing sector um, uh, 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 destroying itself by not having the right structures in terms of uh, credit awareness and giving mortgages to people that don't actually afford it. So those are still the signs in this particular stance because what the U.S. is trying to do now is um, minimize that risk. But that, that's what they came out yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, shows that there's still a lot to be done uh, before we can actually be confident that the U.S. has turned that particular part around. So the Asian markets did fall uh, early hours this morning. As they went into lunch, they started back again at around 5 a.m. this morning, MSCI Asia-Pacific down by 0.1%. Uh, and also before markets opened in Hong Kong as well and in China, we saw a lot of money being moved uh, across into the emerging markets again, uh, about $15 billion uh, U.S. dollars uh, that was exchanged during that same period. So very, very interesting times for Asian markets. And then I see Japan's retail sales increase, and uh, this has been the highest uh, it has done in four months, and uh, mm. seemingly providing signs of recovery following uh, the sales tax increment, Clive. I don't necessarily agree that this is a sign for the, for the fact that they've recovered, that now they can be confident that that sales tax has not taken uh, them into a decline. But the exciting thing is that the, the, the Japs are buying uh, and, and when they're buying, I don't know what they're buying. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking that it's more females than males because males have nothing to buy these days. You know, there's not much for us in actual fact that it's made out there. But the ladies have always got nice shoes and nice clothing, new hairstyles to go for. So sales climbed uh, in Japan about 2.7% in September from August, uh, rising by about 1.9%. Uh, the, 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 the sectors that actually contributed the most was the ICT. It is no surprise because we've had some new Samsung phones. We've had some new... Uh, uh, Apple phone. So all those things did contribute a lot to the sales being uh, taken up. It means that the confidence of the consumer is back. It doesn't mean necessarily that they're out of the dip yet. Mm. And then uh, this is definitely one of your favorite subjects, China. And uh, the fake invoicing evidence uh, uh, that's increasing and putting a dark cloud over transparency in reported trade data. Tell us more about that. Oi, 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 Sakina. You know, the Zulus would say right now, I told you so, Baba. You know, the Chinese data that comes out all the time, it is so very important to read between the lines. I've said this before, and it's been a serious problem. Now, just to help you understand what this means. Now, in China, they recorded, um, the way they record their, their exports and imports between themselves and Hong Kong is that there's strict regulations with how the Chinese report it. So the Chinese government has strict rules on importing capital. Those seeking to exploit, obviously, the, U- the yuan's appreciation can evade the limits by disguising money inflows as payments for goods and exports 
uh, to foreign countries or territories. Now, what do they do? Instead of putting the right prices of what the export numbers were in yuan terms, that yuan that's a currency, what they're doing is they're adjusting them to look like they're much larger uh, than what they're supposed to be to evade the strict rules that are imported on capital gains taxes. So what does this mean? It means that the numbers, the data that comes out, you remember last week, last uh, two weeks ago, we had the PMI come out, and it looked very, very positive. It looked high. It was 50.4, which means expansion. The question is, is that number relatively correct? And that's why I say we always have to wait. We wait for the HSBC uh, flash uh, PMI numbers, and then we wait as well for what the Chinese, the People's Bank of China says. And you'll see there's always a discrepancy because the numbers do not reflect what is written on the actual chart forms. So the report is therefore flawed, and it makes it difficult for you to actually know if the growth of China's exports has actually gone up or down. So it's very, very concerning, and investors don't like these kind of things. And it shows that the industrial profits as well might be flawed, giving mis, uh, uh, misinforming the investors, which is quite a high-risk subpoena. It's very disappointing.